Thank you, loving Father, for giving us the grace to be among the living today. We thank you, Lord, for our health. We thank you, Lord, for sustenance. We thank you for the gift of your spirit and the work that is being done on our behalf through all the heavenly agencies. For all this, Lord, we say glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. This this day, Lord, we pray that you bless us with spiritual blessings as we open your word, as we go through the devotions. We pray, Lord, that you would give us understanding, grant us the gift of your spirit as spiritual things are spiritually discerned. We pray, Father, that you would also put your words in our mouth, that we would speak words of life to all who would be listening. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling February 21 Reflecting Christ's Image But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 Looking unto Jesus, dwelling upon his virtues, mercies, and purity, will create in the soul an utter abhorrence for that which is sinful, and an intense longing and thirsting for righteousness. The more closely we discern Jesus, the more will we see our own defects of character. Then confess these things to Jesus, and with true contrition of soul, cooperate with the divine power, the Holy Spirit, to put these things away. It is the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, which Jesus said he would send into the world that changes our character into the image of Christ. And when this is accomplished, we reflect, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. That is, the character of the one who thus beholds Christ is so like his that one looking at him sees Christ's own character shining out as from a mirror. Imperceptibly to ourselves, we are changed day by day from our own ways and will into the ways and will of Christ, into the loveliness of his character. Thus, we grow up into Christ and unconsciously reflect his image. It is not by looking away from him that we imitate the life of Jesus, but by talking of him by dwelling upon his perfections, by seeking to refine the taste and elevate the character, by trying through faith and love, and by earnest persevering effort to approach the perfect pattern, by having a knowledge of Christ, his words, his habits, and his lessons of instruction. We borrow the virtues of the character we have so closely studied and become imbued with the spirit we have so much admired.
Jesus becomes to us the chiefest among ten thousand, the one altogether lovely. When the soul is brought into close relationship with the great author of light and truth, impressions are made upon it, revealing its true position before God. Then self will die, pride will be laid low, and Christ will draw his own image in deeper lines upon the soul. Amen. The title of our devotion is Reflecting Christ's Image. We have been seeing, I think, in our previous devotion that Christ is our example. Yesterday we were told that Christ has set an example for us, not just so that we can look at it, but rather that we may follow his example. We were told in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 that Christ set an example for us that we should follow his example and then we are told who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth and then we saw many other things there about Christ's character which we are to imitate he did not threaten when he was reviled he reviled not again and all of that so today we want to focus on how to do that we saw yesterday that he is our example that we need to understand that we must come to the position where Christ is and he, he, he bids us imitate him. So today we want to see how that is done, reflecting Christ's image. How do we reflect Christ's image? How do we become like Christ? We are told in the book of Philippians 2 verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind is that? The mind was explained in Philippians 2 verse 1 to 4. And that mind, you can summarize it to be the mind of selfless, sacrificing love. That is the mindset of Christ. You can summarize it in those three words. The mindset of Christ is the mindset of selfless, sacrificing love. Where In Philippians 2, they were told that, he considered others better than himself and that's what we're told that we should not do anything through strife or vain glory but let each esteem others as better than themselves and seek the things of others not our own things alone and that's when we're told let this mind be in you what mind that mind of looking out for others and seeking for the good of others that mind of considering others as better than yourself considering that you can make a selfless sacrifice for others now the question is how do we let this mind of christ be in us the key text for today's devotion summarizes it and says it all it's second corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 it says but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is telling us that the way we are changed into the image of God from glory to glory, that's from character, moving, climbing from one character to another, in, in, being impressed with the, with the character of God and changing into that character, the way it works is this, that we are to behold Christ just as when you take a mirror 
and you put it before you, you the, the, the mirror reflects what is before it. That is what we are saying. We all are in a glass. That is, we are like mirrors. Whatever we place before our, before us is what we will reflect. We all as in a glass, that is as in a mirror, are re- changing or reflecting the image of God. But then, it's not just that every mirror reflects the image of God. Anything you, places, you place before a mirror, that is what that mirror will reflect. Now, that takes us to the laws of the mind. I would like to use this opportunity to make us understand how this mind works. We are told, Philippians 2 verse 5, Let this mind, that mind of Christ, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So, we are talking about a change of mind. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your, your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, how? By the renewing, not of the body, but of the mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. To reflect the image of God is a mind thing. We have to have a mind transformation. We have to have this mind in us. And for us to have this transformation of the mind, be ye transformed, a renewing of the mind, for us to have this renewing of the mind, we must understand the laws of the mind. And I'll just go through them quickly so that we can take advantages of these laws, we can take advantage of these laws and have that renewing of the mind. Mind, Character and Personality, Volume 2, page 416, paragraph 3 says, By the laws of God in nature, effect follows cause with unvarying certainty. That is, it's a scientific thing. Cause and effect. Action and reaction. Therefore, if we know what action to take and the reaction that will come, that will follow, then we should take advantage of it. What are the actions that I would take? And what is the certain or unvarying reaction? Just as we are sure that 1 plus 1 is 2. It is unvarying. It cannot change. So also, the laws of the mind cannot change. It is already set in place. And if you observe these laws and use it to your advantage, you will certainly get that renewing of the mind. So let us look at some of these laws. As we see in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, that is one of the laws. The law is that whatever is placed before the mind, the mind will transform itself into that thing. That is where Paul says, we all as in a mirror, beholding the face of God, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Simply put, by beholding, we become changed. Great Controversy, page 555 says, it is a law both of the intellectual and spiritual nature that by beholding we become changed. The mind gradually adapts itself to the subject upon which it is allowed to dwell. It becomes assimilated to that which it is accustomed to love and reverence. Man will never rise higher than his standard of purity or goodness or truth. If self is his loftiest ideal, he will never attain to anything more exalted. Rather, he will constantly sink lower and lower. The grace of God alone has power to exalt man. 
left to himself, his course must inevitably be downward. Now, what is this law? It is what we read in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. Whatever we place before our mind is what we are going to be changed into. It is the mind, it is the law of influence. You can't change it. That whatever you dwell upon constantly, whatever you become becomes the subject of your meditation that thing you will be changed into it you become assimilated to that which you are accustomed to love we can accustom ourselves to love jesus and if we accustom ourselves to love jesus we will be transformed into his image how do we accustom ourselves to love jesus by talking of him very often by reading the word of god by meditating on his character on his loveliness, on the beauty of his uh, the character. That is how we will be transformed into the character of Jesus. I will just read something else from Mind, Character, Personality, Volume 2, page 418. It says, It is a law of the mind that it gradually adapts itself to the subject upon which it is trained to dwell. If occupied with commonplace matters only, it will become dwarfed and enfeebled. If never required to grapple with difficult problems, it will after a time lose the power of growth. So have that in mind. So if you want the mind to grow into that of Christ, then give it the subject to tackle that will make it to be used and exercised and have the power of growth. You can cripple the mind in such a way that it doesn't have the power to grow when you don't exercise it, when you don't put before it things that will cause it to think good things by the way it must not be occupied with commonplace matters that's why we are told if occupied with commonplace matters only it will become dwarfed and enfeebled so the mind should be placed upon not commonplace matters commonplace matters are things of no consequence trivial issues you just keep discussing trivial things discussing music uh, the, the, the secular music oh this music is out fashion oh, oh the new dress this is out and all of that and then you discuss things like sports those are commonplace matters very very shallow subjects for the mind to dwell upon it does not even increase the mind's capacity at all and if you are dwelling upon such commonplace subjects you will find it difficult to dwell upon the word of god and the mind will not be able to grow so those are two laws. Another one here is found in Review and Herald, July 17, 1888. It says, or oh, Mind, Character and Personality, page 417, paragraph 5, that the mind adapts to dimensions of the familiar. It is a law of the mind that it will narrow or expand to the dimensions of the things with which it becomes familiar. The mental powers will surely become contracted and will lose their ability to grasp the deep meanings of the word of God unless they are put vigorously and persistently to the task of searching for the truth. We are talking about reflecting Christ's image. If we do not put our minds to vigorously search for the truth, if we are lazy to study the word of God, the mind cannot be renewed and transformed into the mind of Christ. When you see tough things in the Word of God, if you give up on it so quickly and you don't want to know what this Bible passage is saying, or even generally tough things in life and you are used to just giving up or you don't exercise the mind, the mind will lose its power to grow. 
another one is seen in testimonies for the church volume 5 page 272 the mental powers should be developed to the utmost they should be strengthened and ennobled by dwelling upon spiritual truths so how does the mind grow it grows by dwelling upon spiritual truths go on if the mind is allowed to run almost entirely upon trifling things and common business of everyday life it will in accordance with one of its unvarying laws become weak and frivolous and deficient in spiritual power i think that is quite clear to us if the if you want this mind that needs to change the mind of christ if you want it to work if you want it to change the mind of christ which is the highest education that ever exists this is perhaps the hardest thing for the mind to do, the toughest thing for the mind to do, which is to change, to be transformed to the image of Christ. When you give this mind commonplace subjects to discuss, it will not have the power to grow. But when you allow the mind to run and dwell on spiritual truths, then the mind will be strengthened and will gain power to grow. I'll read something else now from Ministry of Healing, page 251 to 253. This is a good one. Take advantage of this one and you see how it will work to transform the mind and character. It is a law of God that whoever believes the truth as it is in Jesus will make it known. The ideas... The, okay, this I'm reading actually from Mind, Character and Personality, page 419 not ministry of healing it is a law of the mind that whoever believes the truth as it is in jesus will make it known the ideas and convictions of the individual mind will seek for expression whoever cherishes unbelief and criticism whoever feels capable of judging the work of the holy spirit will diffuse the spirit by which he is animated it is the nature of unbelief and infidelity and resistance of the grace of god to make themselves felt and heard the mind actuated by these principles is always striving to make a place for itself and obtain adherence. Going on now, talking about this is the negative part. Of course, you can still take advantage of it. If you believe something, you'll find out that you will talk about that thing. But look at this law now. This is, this is the Ministry of Healing now, page 251 and to, down to 253 says, It is a law of nature that our thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened as we give them utterance. While words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. If we give more expression to our faith, rejoice more in the blessings that we know we have, the great mercy and love of God, we should have more faith and greater joy. No tongue can express no finite mind can conceive the blessing that results from appreciating the goodness and love of god even on earth we may have joy as a wellspring never failing because fed by the streams that flow from the throne of god amen here it's telling us that if we want this mind to be renewed and to be transformed to that of christ speak more of the things of god the law of nature, the law of the mind is that our thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened when we give them expression. That is, let's say you have the thought or feeling in a mind. 
you feel some way in your body in the mind let's look at a positive one for example you feel and you have you are thinking of the love of god that thought and that feeling will get stronger when you give it expression that is when you talk about it it will get stronger and not expression is not just in speaking you also express things in your behavior when you show in character that you love god by doing something he asked you to do or talking about him you'll find out that that behavior will become strengthened that thought will become strengthened and the feeling will become strengthened because of course our character is a combination of our thoughts and feelings because the thoughts and feelings make up the moral character of the man if you want that character to be strengthened which is to strengthen the thoughts and the feeling if you want the character of christ to be strengthened in you then the thoughts the good thoughts of christ the feelings you get when you see and experience the love of god express it talk to people about it then show it in your attitude you will find out that that character will become more and more strengthened see it is an unvarying law of the mind when we say something is unvarying it is as sure as day that that is what will happen to you it is very very sure as one plus one is always two it is also very sure that if you talk more of heavenly things speak more of christ talk of his goodness talk of his loveliness and make an effort to do what you have learned you'll find out that you will become stronger in doing that thing because the thought and feeling will get stronger and the first time you do that thing you know that expresses your love not just saying it but doing something and the way to express your love the bible tells us in 1 john 5 verse 3 is by keeping the commandments of god jesus also said it in john 14 verse 15 that if you want to express your love for him he said it if you want to express your love for me john 14 15 keep my commandments the more you express this love in words and in deeds the mind the thoughts and the feeling will become strengthened in you that is the reason why you find out that the first time to do something is really sometimes maybe difficult if there's something you need to do for god maybe to go and do evangelism to knock on someone's door and preach at that first time it's very difficult but when you express it do it you find out that it becomes easier and easier as time goes on and then also when we talk about the love of god like i've said earlier you find out that the mind gets strengthened in these things so talking about reflecting christ's image we must understand the law of the mind because it is the mind that must be changed it is the mind that is to reflect this image there is a work that the holy spirit is to do of course in the devotion high calling page 58 paragraph 3 where we read it is the holy spirit the comforter which jesus said he would send into the world that changes our character into the image of christ and when this is accomplished we reflect as in a mirror the glory of the lord that is the character of the one who thus beholds Christ is so like his that one looking at him sees Christ's own character. And this is what we want for ourselves. I pray that we all will dwell upon these things, understand the laws of the mind, take advantage of them, and by the grace of God, we will all come to that position where we are indeed like Christ. That someone who sees us will just say, I am seeing Jesus Christ. I want that to be my experience and I pray that that will be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. These principles are very potent weapons to 
keep the mind fixed on Jesus. They are like missiles that can help us. Truly, because the mind wanders in many directions and suggestions, we need to understand the principles and that keep the mind together and walk by them. Even like my brother said, sometimes you, if if we at all times if we can express the love of god even though we feel differently or feel awkward and bring to mind the goodness of god and talk about it you find out that the cloud of um, discouragement or despondency will wear away because the mind has been told please i have something else i want to talk about and the mind leaves the odd or negative messages and focuses on the positive ones so that sometimes when you find yourself discouraged even by singing merely singing when you are discouraged, you find out that your mind will quickly leave the discouragement and now sing the song and follow the words of the songs. It's, it's really it's important we know this thing so that we don't give up when we find ourselves sunken in uh, things that have nothing to do with Christ. We fight the battle manfully and then place the mind to uh, allow, take the mind to dwell on Christ. Like the Bible says, let the word of God dwell richly in you in all wisdom. Sing, uh, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So that's something we have to do. Another thing I want to talk about is the role of the Holy Spirit on this subject. I perceive that if we can discern when the Holy Spirit is bringing to our minds wonderful thoughts from the Mount of Blessings and take our minds to dwell upon it, then we can make good progress in this. The Bible says in Romans 5 verse 5, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given unto us. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings the loveliness, the characters of Christ, and places them on our minds. As you listen to the Word of God, as you go through daily experiences, the Holy Spirit brings draft from the Word of God or from your experiences to tell you this is an act of God's love towards you. And if we can hold on to the thought, dwell upon it, it will expand our minds from one subject to another. So we then need to make up our minds every day to be sensitive, to be discerning of the messages the Holy Spirit wants to communicate to us every day about God's love. I have a reading here. It says that in You Shall Receive Power 57, Paragraph 3, it says, The Holy Spirit must walk within, bringing these principles into the strong light of distinct consciousness that we may know their power and make them a living reality. The mind must yield obedience to the royal law of liberty, the law which the Spirit of God impresses upon the heart and makes plain to the understanding. The expulsion of sin must be the act of the soul itself in calling into exercise its noblest powers. So, I'll stop there for a while before I continue. So you see, the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind 
these principles make them strong in your bring them to your consciousness stamp them before your mind they become broad and clear and you, it's as if you're in another realm but then we need to exercise our minds our, the powers of our mind to make sure that they yield to these impressions or obey the things it tells us to do if for instance the, the holy spirit tells you um maybe you're in a wrong in, in a wrong association and he tells you uh, be not deceived evil communication corrupts good manners and you are somewhere that the influence is corrupting the moment that word comes from you need to exercise your mind to take that word and act on it you may be in temptation and the holy spirit brings a song or a bible passage to you you will need to take up that frequency that has been given to us and place the mind on it so we need to constantly be searching in our minds what's the spirit saying what's the word of god saying to me about this issue by the way when i say the spirit i i still mean the word of god the bible says that it is the spirit that quickens it the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life so the word of god and the spirit are uh, work together they work together so in our day-to-day activities we need to make sure we have the word of god growing and meditating in it in our minds no wonder the bible told us in joshua 1 verse 8 we are god told joshua that this book of the law shall not depart out of their mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night day and night and you shall then have good success so we should not play down on the importance of the word of god as brought to our minds by the holy spirit he will bring it he will bring to our remembrance and then we should exercise our minds to uh, extract all the benefits and go with him on the journey go with him on the journey i, I also want to add that sometimes um, when we are done with a, a subject maybe a study a discourse it is true that there are some things that come up high in our minds or that are that are enlightening to our minds we need to also make efforts I speak to myself and to all of us we we need to make efforts afterwards like the Bereans to take the mind through those passages or uh, phrases of the Bible that means that that meant a lot to us during the study we should not allow the little duties of life to wear them off there must be some things while you are engaging maybe in a Bible study or in church or in your personal devotion that the Holy Spirit really made distinct in your mind take your time during work or after the moment and still keep dwelling on it then the holy spirit will know okay this one is really serious and then there will be a change made in the life so i pray that as we take on this that god will really uh, the character of christ his character that the spirit is bringing to our minds will be reflected in us amen at a point as this devotion was was going on i asked myself how can I begin to dwell on godly subjects or on Christ? How can I have the appetite to really follow after godliness? Because the, the Bible says that the natural man is not subject to the Lord, the carnal man, neither is he indeed. How can I then have an appetite when it is obvious that we are averse naturally to godly things? And I remembered Paul. In the book of Romans, the first thing that helped Paul was when he saw his condition and how weak he was, understanding his failures in life, 
and seen his confusion, he shouted, O wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from this body of death? When we sit down and see and, and pray to God to really help us because of our weaknesses, our failures, the mistakes we have made, and then we see the loveliness of Jesus because after that exclamation by Paul, he said, I thank the Lord Jesus. He remembered that it was Jesus who delivered him from his wretchedness. Our life, our dwelling on godly subjects begins when we see first how rotten, how weak we are, how much we have failed in making good decisions and and seeing that Jesus himself stepped into our lives. Or I would suggest to anyone who's listening, who's still wondering, to ask Jesus to step into their lives and make the things that look shattered and confusing make them straight then you would understand that it's only him who is really the loveless the chief the 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 best friend you can have fairer than the fairest he's the one who to put your our minds our thoughts upon him will not be a waste of time it's like this is really the this is really the best thing I can I can do to myself to think more of this person who has come into my life and settled all my anxieties. I understand that some of us may have made these decisions, but along the line, so many other things, the cares of life draw us away. But remember where you came from. That it was Jesus who helped you more than anyone else. The things He did for you were things, or He's still doing for you, are things that nothing in this world could do. Not even parents nor friends. So it behoves on us to be put in efforts and uh, our mind to really find him out, spend quality time with him and reflect the image, the character which he has already said that that's why he has created us. So our beginning is the beginning of, uh, of this experience of reflecting Christ comes when we see how far we have been away from God and how much Jesus has done for us then we can begin to sit down around with him and say, why did you love me this much? Why have you done these good things to me? Why have you brought me into existence to promise me eternal life? Why have you endured all the shame and the cross? Why have you done all these things? As we keep thinking about his love for us, our minds will now, will now be qualified to look at others and say, it's true, these people we see around us may not even be deserving, but Jesus has done so much for us too. We ought to also reflect this character we have received from Christ towards his people. So as we see how undeserving we are and Jesus has put all his energy and life towards us, it will awaken in us love, his character, and we can now express it to others. So I pray that we will really consider our, our wretchedness, our emptiness, and how much Jesus has done for us. It will transform us into his image. Amen. imperceptibly to ourselves we are changed day by day from our own ways and will into the ways and will of Christ into the loveliness of his character thus we grow up into Christ and unconsciously reflect his image and unconsciously reflect his image that is the character of the one who thus beholds Christ is so like his 
that one looking at him sees Christ's own character shining out as from a mirror. Maybe this resonates with you. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody walks up to you with smiles and salutations only for the person to call you by your elder brother's name just because you look so much like your brother? When Isaiah started writing, Isaiah was he was certain that he looks the path and he opens his account by crying woe unto the wicked. But as Isaiah beheld this revelation of the glory and majesty of his Lord, he was overwhelmed with a sense of the purity and holiness of God. How sharp the contrast between the matchless perfection of his Creator and the sinful cause of those who, with himself, had long been numbered among the chosen people of Israel and Judah. By the time we, he got to Isaiah 6, verse 5, he said, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Looking unto Jesus, I'm reading now from the second paragraph, it says, Looking unto Jesus, dwelling upon his virtues, mercies, and purity will create in the soul an utter abhorrence for that which is sinful and an intense longing and thirsting for righteousness. The more closely we discern Jesus, the more will we see our own defects of character. Then confess these things to Jesus and with through contrition of soul cooperate with the divine power the holy spirit to put these things away so much so by the time the ethiopian eunuch got to isaiah 53 he could no longer tell the difference between isaiah and christ and his and the eunuch in acts chapter 8:34 answered philip and said i pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man so the question for our fathers the question for the father today is that can your wife look at you and say you remind me so much of Christ and because of the Jews we were told that by the time Christ came they had ceased from reflecting the glory of God and had become the representatives of Satan for the youth, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see that your dress is changing, know that the change is taking place. Because if you look at yourself and see that you still dress the way you dressed before you met Christ, then there is a problem. Because it says, we'll come to a place, even in our, especially the character, it says we'll come to a place where we abhor the sinfulness, the things when we that we used to love that is sinful we get to that place where we begin we hate them not only doing not doing them but like we hate doing them and when we see it being done we abhor it that is what I believe it means to reflect to come to the place where Christ is seen in the life 
So before we come to the place where we will reflect Christ unconsciously, we must understand that it's not the work of the sinner to make himself righteous. It is the work of the priest. All we need to do is to com- cooperate with Christ. See, the more closely we descend Jesus, the more we will see our own defects of character. Then confess these things to Jesus and we through contrition of soul cooperate with the divine power, the Holy Spirit to put these things away. But we all with open face behold in us a glass, the mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I pray this will be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. From everything that has been said, one thing that shows the importance of reflecting Christ's image is, from, is found in the book of 1 John chapter 3, from verse 1 to 3. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Now this is the purpose. The purpose of reflecting Christ's image God is, is, is full of righteousness and the same reason why he could not speak to man face to face again is the same reason why we are in this earth lacking eternal life. And so he wants to bring us back and he knows no matter how God so much loves us, he hates sin and because he hates sin, he cannot be in the presence of sin so he wants us to reflect his image he wants us to be like him he wants us to be to be restored to that position where he created adam and eve and when we do that then we can also continue and grow from glory to glory so god wants us to reflect his image not for just any purpose also but for the purpose also that why we do so here we can be able to see him. The Bible says that the only way we can see Christ is when we purify ourselves, when we allow him to purify us. In other words, when we purge ourselves from every defilement, from every sin. And when we do that, then we can be able to see God in his glory. So I pray God helps us to reflect his image so that we will be among those who will behold him when he cometh in the clouds. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, for God, for giving us the privilege of hearing your word this morning. We say, may your name be highly exalted. Oh, God, as we are living day in day out, oh, God, come and give us your spirit. Come and be in our thoughts, in our actions, so that we can reflect Christ more fully day in day out. Come and be with us in these last days, oh, God. And be with our going and our coming out in our thoughts and actions, so that at last we reflect 
Christ more fully. These are many more you ask, for you have asked through Christ our Lord. Amen.